Welcome to the Defence Forces podcast brought to you by the Defence Forces Public Relations Branch. Hello and welcome to the Irish Defence Forces podcast. My name is Captain Keen Clancy and on the show today we have leading seaman Katie O'Leary, currently serving on the uh, LE James Joyce. And we're going to have a chat about life in the Naval Service, what's involved in Naval Service recruit training and on becoming a non-commissioned officer in the Naval Service. So thanks very much for coming on, Katie. Thanks very much for having me on the show this morning. Um, so first of all, what we'd say is we might just give people a little background on yourself and like your own career. So you're actually, you're actually from, from an island yourself. Yeah, um, I'm living in Bear Island down in West Cork. So I joined the Navy in 2007. So I've 13 years done last month. Um, I finished school in Castletown, went to college for a year and then just seen an ad for the Navy and said I'd go for it and haven't looked back since, basically. Well, I presume being from an island, like there's a kind of a nautical sort of a kind of a feeling around the place. And had you any family in the Naval Service or was no. you seen Naval Service personnel? Um, I've seen the ships pull in, like basically right next door to my house in yeah. the harbour. They're in there kind of every weekend or if the weather's bad, they'd come in for a, a couple of days. But my dad was in the Coast Guard, so he did 21 years in that. But it was never kind of spoke about, about Navy or anything. And even when I kind of said I'm joining or playing for it, yeah. They kind of said, oh, yeah, I should give it a go, not thinking that I'd stick it out. But as I said, I've done 13 years now and love it. Yeah, you're loving it, yeah. Yeah, yeah never look back. That's good, because we had actually said yesterday, because we had been down, obviously, um, recording with, with the captain, and there's a great atmosphere, there's a great buzz around the ship, uh, and obviously, at the moment, we're, we're alongside here in Dublin, and there's there's a lot of stuff going on. There seems to be really kind of good atmosphere around the place. Yeah, again, like as I said, it's like your own family when you come into a ship. You've got your family at home, and then you join a ship, and you're on a ship for two years, and like basically you spend more time with them than you would your own family at home. Like the atmosphere on this ship, I'm only here kind of four months, but again, it's a great ship, great crew, young crew, but that's what you kind of want. Yeah, that's great, kind of a young, sort of an active working environment. Which yeah. Also, I mean, it sounds great. You say there's great buzz about the place. You'd also said that like as part of recently enough in your career, you were actually you've been involved in training um, naval service recruits. Yeah. So we do two year rotations. So. I was on the ship already for two and a half years, came ashore to the naval base in 2017 and I got put into the line training college which is the basic training centre on the island so any new recruits coming in they come straight to us. So I was in there for two and a half years, I think I taught about seven recruit classes, a couple of NCOs courses and I did a couple of courses myself. Okay, well, so you're really, you're really well placed to, to, to tell us about like what's involved in recruit yeah. training and in, in NCO training. So like obviously the Naval Service is, is distinct from the other services in, in that it's it's seagoing, so there's a lot of unique training in, in Naval Service crew training that like you wouldn't see in other services. Yeah. No more than there is in the Army, no more than there is in the Air Corps. But do you want to just give us like kind of a breakdown of some of the really uni- kind of unique things that you will learn? Like Yeah, so as I said, um, recruits are formed up and they come into us day one. The parents come with them, drop yeah. them off. They have about two hours in the morning. Might have, might have a few tears. Yeah, and then kind of we just take them away. So again, like the last couple of classes are maybe 20, 30 recruits, but they've never met each other before. They don't know each other, males, females. So it is a shock to the system. Like they're saying goodbye to their parents. They don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So the first couple of days is just introduction, getting used to, you know, calling in the morning, getting up at six o'clock. And we give them their uniforms then, which is a big kind of, you know, going from civilian clothes straight into uniform. The biggest thing is um, teaching them how to march. That is because, again, they're kind of civvies. Yeah. And then you have to get them into military mode. So the first, as I said, two weeks is basic introduction. There's nothing kind of military brought into it. It's just a lot of briefs on what to expect. Um, you've got your dignitary charter is a big thing. Yeah, so course, yeah. kind of the whole, how the defence forces, your DF character, uh, characteristics. 
So we go through integrity, respect, all that, and what's expected of them, A7 briefs, basically what they're entitled to, what they're not. And so just so people people at home know, A7 in the Defence Force is the Defence Force Interpersonal Relationships uh, Doctrine and uh, Regulations, and, and it's it's how we, we deal with that. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so basically we tell them like that, what they're meant to be, what we're meant to be, do you know what I mean? And we say like that bullying, all that kind of stuff is brought up told them exactly what if, if they have any issues that were there for them 24-7. The services that are avail to, available to them, we've got like a chaplain, um, everything basically. So they don't have to worry about if there's any problems going on, they know that we're there to speak to them. Personal support service on the base and, and, all, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so basically it's just letting them know that this is what's expected. So that's the first two weeks and then we have the recruit training broken down. So it's 20 weeks in total. So the first six weeks is your basic military training. So to get an instruction to foot drill, which is learning how to march, yeah. um, arms drill, where they first time they're seeing a weapon, so they're getting to you know do their TOETs, which is test of elementary training. So we give them a weapon, they get about four weeks training on it, and then they have to be tested on it yeah. in order to pass that test. So they go to Kilbarch to get tested there. Obviously, fire the range practices and yeah. yeah. And now it is scary for a lot of them because, as I said, they've never touched a weapon, or of course, some of them yeah. haven't even seen a weapon, to be honest. Yeah, and it's all part of the kind of mil the military training, like yeah. But again, it's it. it's enjoyable because a lot of young fellas they love seeing a weapon, and do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the first six weeks. Fitness is a big thing as well. So before they join, they have a fitness test to get into recruit training. And that fitness test again, just just to remind everybody, it's it's a. Yeah, so as I said, they do um, initial tests before they come in, before they actually, when they're going for yeah. the application. And, and for, people, for people at home or anybody thinking of joining the Defence Forces, that induction uh, fitness assessment involves 20 push-ups in a minute, 20 sit-ups in a minute. And then for males, it's 2.4 kilometres in 11 minutes and 40 seconds. And for females, it's 2.4 kilometres in 13 minutes and 10 seconds. Just for anybody at home. But So once they come in, I presume you have to build them up. Yeah, so kind of as I said, the first week or the first couple of days, um, the PTI and the base will again give them another assessment just to make sure that they're at the same level or hopefully above it. So then we have an idea of what we're working with so everyone can be at the same kind of level. So then basically every week is three fitness sessions. It can be like a run or it can be circuits on the base. We can take them out for a route march. But again, they have to keep that level of fitness up. Of course, yeah. And in the evenings, there's after their personal time, it's usually about 2,000 hours in the evening. We'd um, give them time, they can go up to the gym. The gym facilities are available to them. Yeah, okay. Or yeah. they also can run around the island. Um, again, there's always a duty NCO, like an NCO like myself who'll be on duty with them. That happens every night around with them for 24 hours in the same building of them. Yeah. So we could take them out for circuits on the square or something like that for so. But again, fitness is, it has to be, you know, top level, basically. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. And I suppose part of that as well, when you say running around the base and, and training in the evenings, like for, for people joining, there is that element of kind of military socialisation. And for a period, you are on the base and you are, you are with your classmates in order to, or your, your course mates in order to get used to being in the military. Yeah, again, like once they come in day one, we kind of say to the parents, they could be home, but we're not giving them a definite date because again, most weekends they're kept in because we've work on or we've ship visits or yeah, they do get shore leave now at the weekend depending on how the week went, how the effort went, do you know what I mean? And yeah. again, it's all about working as a team. So we leave them maybe the Saturday, they might get an hour or two to go out and get essentials in the shop, like boot polish, things that they need yeah. to get them through another week. There is a canteen on the base as well, but again, it's nice to let them out for an hour or so to the shop. Yeah. But plenty of time for fitness. On Saturday, we usually have rec training. So that could involve 
we could set up a baseball game, basketball, something like that inside in the base. So kind of a bit of team, bit of team building. Yeah, or we yeah. give them the option of come up with some ideas and we look through them, see safety-wise if it's okay to do them. A um, couple of classes now, we've took them zip lining. Again, it's great for teamwork. Yeah, cool. Put yeah. them in different teams like that. But again, the onus is on them to kind of give us ideas. Yeah. We've done a couple of uh, mountain climbs, took them up the Galtees, Karen Tool, things like that. Yeah, it's just great to kind of get that bond. I presume they'll work better if they're kind of... Exactly, they get to know each other. Because as I said, they probably, they've probably they never met each other before. The first couple of weeks is daunting. And you can see the little kind of clicks going on um, and the little groups forming. And it's nice to see them, as I said, teamwork again. Yeah, yeah. Bonding and stuff like that. Great. I mean, that's, that's something I presume a lot of people will be kind of wondering about. Um, with regard to sort of some of the kind of really unique stuff like we we'd mentioned things like um learning about firefighting on, on board a ship and yeah so as i said the first couple of six weeks is all kind of military and then after that once they've got their basic foot and arm shell we move into courses that they have to complete during recruit training okay. so it's a week-long firefighting course which has to be done it's full five days and that's done out in the national maritime college out in nmca in ringskiddy yeah so that's another daunting course because a lot of people, again, it's real fires you're dealing with. Um, they've probably never been in the gear before. They're going on air. So again, it's taught for three days and the practical side is two days long. Tough course, again, it's long hours. You're starting at eight in the morning. You're going right through till five. Uh, lunch break in between. They're getting wet because you're inside in the Drew, which is like a big square container as if the ship was flooding. Yeah. So you're physically going down the ladder, going underwater, trying to fix the hole or whatever we've collided with. Yeah, of course. And for like p people at home, like that kind of firefighting and that sort of being able to fix things as they go is essential for working on board a ship because yeah. you're way out. Exactly. If we get a fire out on a ship 200 miles off, again, it's down to the crew that are dealing with it. Now we can call in other vessels and that around, but first aid is going to be us. Yeah. So it has that course has to be intense and it has to be passed by every recruit or every person in the naval service. Of course, it's, re it's real life stuff. And then... Um, you, mean, you mentioned like swim week, so... So swim week is, again, you don't have to be a swimmer. A lot of people, recruits come in, I can't swim, you know, I'm in the Navy. Yeah. Again, that doesn't make a difference. Like, there's plenty of people in the Navy for 20, 30 years that still can't swim. So swim week is it's more kind of confidence building. So what we do is, we used to do it up in the Cora, but now we bring them to NMCI. Yeah. And again, we give them the life jacket at the start, get them used to the pool, stuff like that. And then slowly, as the week goes on, their confidence grows and you put them in the water, treading water without the life jacket. Yeah. If they're comfortable, if they're not comfortable, there's no problem putting the life jacket on and leaving them. So that's another tough week, again, just getting them used to being in the water, because as I said, if we're a couple of hundred miles off and God forbid we have to abandon ship, we're gonna be in the water. Yeah, of course, yeah. So they need to be at some, at some level used to that. Yeah, so, so again, there is a personal survival techniques course, so we call it the PST course. That's also done out in the Maritime College. And that's a very elaborate kind of a, I've I've seen some of the videos of it and it's real, like real simulated storms and really kind of yeah it is uh, a it's a, a daunting setup, like, yeah. course. Um, a lot of people, as I said, even when you mention it, they're they'd be you know worried about it. But again, it's a great course to do. So you go out, it's kind of admin for the morning, yeah, and then you get into the pool side of it. So it's basically you're in the water in a life raft. We put on all the elements. So you've got like wind, rain, thunder, lightning, lights are off. So it's simulating a ship unfortunately having to abandon ship at maybe three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of it comes into teamwork, like they're in the water, we've got safety divers in the water with them. But again, you just want to see in that situation how they react. Because if it happened on board ship, you want everyone calm and confident in what they're doing. Yeah. So it's kind of about two hours in the pool out in NMCI. 
they get to do jumps. Now it's enjoyable as well because they're jumping off four metre boards, six metre boards. Um, and then the last bit of it is kind of the exercise, as I said, of what would happen on a ship at sea. Yeah. But again, like it is enjoyable and after they've done it, everyone says, can we go again? But at yeah. the start, nobody wants to do it. Like Of course, but like, I mean, it's, it's so essential that they, that they are confident in that. I mean, it just demonstrates how well trained they are. Like Yeah, as I said, like they haven't done it before. So we've told them like, relax, you know, you're not meant to know this until we teach you. And as I said, that course then lasts you for five years and then it's up to yourself to keep yourself in date. But you can't go on a naval ship, any ship in the fleet, without that course, because yeah. you have to know what you're doing in the event of abandoned ship at sea. Yeah, of course, yeah, 100%, that, that, that really does follow. Um, then, with regard to, say, actually going on board a ship, you, you were kind of saying that you do sort of visits beforehand, but... Yeah, so, as I said, when they're in the first couple of weeks, we'd ask them kind of questions, what would you know about the naval service, or why did you join up, or, do you know, how many ships in the fleet? Some of them would know the basics from being on the website, and maybe they have a bit of background, family have been in the naval service and that but a lot of them have never even been on a ship or haven't seen one. So what we're trying to bring in is get them used to being on ships. So as I said, Sunday, if there's no shore leave going out or whatever, what we do is we plan with a ship to come down for the day. So we bring them on board the ship and basically just walk them, talk them through the ship, show them the accommodation that they're going to be when they join the ship, um, show them the messes, show them up on deck, show them just what life on board is like on board the naval ship. Yeah. They'd meet the crew as well. There's usually four or five on duty. So we kind of get the young lads to have a chat with them and saying like, because they could be just fresh out themselves. So we kind of say like, oh, how long have you been on board? And then they're more relaxed kind of talking to maybe a new fellow that's just joined the ship. Yeah, exactly. Rather yeah. than talking to an instructor. You know, they might think it's a, or someone that they don't think. Yeah, they might think it's a silly question because say I've done 13 years. But again, do you know what I mean? There's no such thing as a silly question. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so we try and bring that in in the first few months of our first few weeks area of training. Yeah. So every Sunday, bring them down to a different ship. So the different kind of types of ships we've got down the basin and um, just get them basically used to going on board. So when they do go join a ship, then they have a rough idea of, yeah. of what they're getting kind of, into. Yeah, they're, yeah they can, they've seen the inside of it or something. Yeah. And then, then you come into, um, you come into uh, Sea Week. Yeah, Sea Week is, is an interesting week. Yeah. Um, so it's done kind of towards maybe the last month of recruit training and we uh, pick two ships usually if it's class of 20 we split the class 10 and 10 and they leave on the Monday and you basically go out on patrol with one of the vessels that is on patrol so again they're they're given assigned cabins on board ship and they're packing up for the week so we tell them what to bring civvies uniform um, shower gear everything they need for a week of of not being ashore so you join the ship on the Monday and you're going like there's no set place where you're going it's wherever the ship is on patrol so again, the last time I did it with my class, we were 200 miles south, which was interesting because, again, foam reception was gone and it was basically what the Navy were doing. Like we were down there, we were boarding vessels. Yeah. And um, we did a couple of shoots on board, which was great for them to see gunnery shoots. It's interesting, they're up on deck. Uh, the ship was great. They did like firefighting. They put on a good few exercises, maybe that they wouldn't do as regular if we weren't there. Yeah. And um, we did abandoned ship. They got them out in the, the ribs on board. They let them drive the ribs 200 miles off and um, they brought them on boarding operations. So again, they showed them in a week exactly what our usual four-week patrols would be like. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, they were working in the galley, so it wasn't just a set job that they were doing each day. They were given a good spread of what's going on. Yeah, so again, the way the recruits are kind of trained is that there's four different kind of branches you can go into. So we've got the Siemens Division, which is all deck work. 
Yeah. So like we're the ones that are doing the shoots and we're working on deck, we're firing the weapons. That's what comes under seamanship. Yeah. Ship's husbandry then, which is the day-to-day -day cleaning of the ship. That's one division. The other division then is communications, which is comm ops. Yeah. So they deal with all the radios, all the comms on board ship. You've got mechanicians then, which is all engine room. So they're down there day-to-day -day running up the engines, generators. And they also are involved up on deck with the boats, making sure they're fit to purpose every morning. And then the last branch then is supplies, yeah. which is kind of the logs. So they'd look after like rations, food, uh, making sure supplies are on board, everything like so. So what we try to do for the recruits is give them like a look at each kind of job on board ship yeah. rather than one set job because at the end of the day they could go into any of those divisions. Of course, yeah, so they, they get a kind of good, a good spread yeah, of, so of what's what, happening. Yeah, so what we did was each day we just kind of rotated them. So today you're a seaman, tomorrow you're a com op, the next day you're a mech. Um, and as I said, the ship was great. They put on all different exercises. Um, there was different branches then come and spoke to them. So they take all the recruits into one of the messes and again say, like, have you any background in maybe engineering or have you any background in communications? Because again, if they've done courses or something before, we can take that into consideration and say, well, look, you're kind of qualified engineer. Mex division would suit you because yeah. you can work your way up promotion ways, that kind of thing. Of course, yeah, yeah. And you don't, you don't, you want to do too many kind of induction courses for it. Yeah, so you kind of have a background in it already. So we like to get as much information from the recruits themselves. Yeah. So again, any certificates that you've you've done before or courses outside, like it's great to let us know that you've done them, like especially medics. A lot of people have come in and they've done first aid courses. Yeah. And like it's great because we can pass that on then to the medics and they're happy to take people. Like it makes it easier. They don't have to do the two years maybe of a course if they've some of it done already. Yeah, of course, or so they, again, they might just be quicker to pick things up. Yeah, so I'd say to everyone, if you've got courses done, make it known to us or your recruit officer when you come in, or if you've uh, an interest in something, like, as I said, make it known and, yeah. we, can, and we can work with that, you know? Okay, cool. I mean, that, that sounds great too, that you can use anything you've done before and it's not like you're starting completely from zero all the time. No, like even small things like HACCP courses, like that cooks, logs, I know yeah. that it saves them having to do it again, basically. There's a, there's a role for everyone. Oh, 100%. Uh, the, the next thing I think a lot of people want to, want to hear about, um, because it might weigh on a lot of people's minds, is when you go out first of all, and then when you go to an inner time, I presume there's a lot of, um, there might be a lot of kind of ticky tummies with there is, the rolling of the ship. Yeah, seasickness tablets. Um, it's funny because we say to every recruit, take a seasickness tablet, no matter if you're sick or not. But again, some of them think, oh, I won't be sick. and. Next thing you know, we're like 20 miles out and everyone's getting sick. Yeah. But again, as I said, myself, when I first joined my first patrol, we left Cork Harbour and within an hour, I was completely, you know, yeah. row off with um, seasickness. But again, everyone's used to it on board ship, you know, right down from the captain down, kind of everyone, everyone's you, been there, done you, that. You would, you, would, you would say that you went home after your first, first trip out and you were going, I can't, I can't do yeah. this. Yeah, so my first <laughs> patrol, we left Cork and we headed down towards Lawrence's Cove. I think it took us about 10 hours, but those whole 10 hours, like, I was literally green. Yeah. Um, the ship anchored up and the captain was happy. He let me go home for a night. I remember sitting with my dad at home and I was like, I don't think this is for me. And he was like, oh, no, no, you'd be grand, give it a go. And then 13 years later, I'm still here. Yeah, so you will get used to it. Is the, is the 100%. Like, as I say to all, especially my last class, like, there was, the weather was bad now, in fairness. It was a force kind of seven or eight, which is, is quite bad. But again, it was a great experience for them because they've probably been out in the worst of it now. So next time they go out, 
Do you know what I mean? It, it won't feel half as bad. Yeah. Some people, some of the recruits think that's it. Like like myself, I kind of thought that was it. But again, all it is is your body getting used to it and you will get over it. Like I know it's easy for me to say at the time, you'll be fine <laughs> next time. Most of the glasses looking back. Yeah, yeah, but again, as I said, no one on board, everyone's been there. Do you know what I mean? So like we all know how you're feeling and it is the worst feeling in the world. But do you know what I mean? Give it a chance and you will get over it. Like, yeah, and you will, yeah. 100%. So you get, you get through all this while all at the same time keeping up that level of fitness and robustness that you've built up before. So, so the fitness is, is always climbing through training. Yeah, so as I said, they are assessed. So recruits come in, they do their initial one, which we spoke about to get into the place. Um, they do their first one then within the first six weeks, so module kind of one. Um, again, they're assessed, and then they do another one or two. But what we like to see is, say, we get the results of their one for the first six weeks, and then we do another one maybe a month later. And it's great for them to see how their fitness has improved. Yeah. So we put up a sheet and we bring them up and we say, like, you did your run in maybe 15 minutes and now you're down to 13, 20. Yeah. And, like, they're shocked themselves, like, to see how much they've improved. Yeah, because I, I, can, I can remember that as well from, from training. As in you, yeah. You feel you're, you're under a lot of pressure and your time pressure, so you feel tired quite a lot. Yeah. But your fitness does go, goes away oh, up. Yeah, but even, like, their pictures, we get pictures of them day one. They're, they're kind of mug shots for up in the yeah. office with us. And the difference, say, a week before they pass out, you can see it in them, like, do you know what I mean? They look, even though they say it themselves, do you know what I mean? That they look great compared to when they came in. <laughs> yeah. And even their parents are like, oh my God, I wouldn't even recognise him or her. And yeah. you know, he comes home now and he makes the bed and he cleans the house and they make some difference. Like, Yeah, that's fantastic. So after all, after all the, remind me again, that, that is a period of training of? 20 weeks 20 in total. Weeks. So yeah, the so first two weeks, they said it's introduction. Yeah. And then it's 18 weeks of, of uh, recruit training. Of recruit training. So after 18 weeks, you have your passing out. Yeah. This so is that's probably, obviously a big deal. Yes, it's um, a great kind of, it's the biggest thing of recruit training. As I said, it's great for the recruits. So they come in, as I said, day one, and the parents are, you know, hoping that they'll make the 18 weeks. And then towards about week 10 or 12, we start talking about the passing out because we have to come up with like a drill because their um, family and friends are travelling down and they've like they're proud of them. They've and that's a kind of a special sort of footrail for the day or, or some yeah, kind of a, of a Yeah, basically we want to show them off and show them how good, you know, from day one. Yeah. And now they can go out and do a, a footrail display on the square. So again, that takes a lot of training. You're talking about three weeks of getting it up to scratch. And what they want to do as well, we ask for their input. Like, would they like to, you know, sometimes we do the shape of an anchor for yeah. the Navy. So we get the class to do a footrail and then they finish up with the shape of an anchor yeah. and everyone takes pictures and it looks really well. Um, also on the day, there's three awards given. So it's for best kit, so the best recruit throughout day one, basically we take inspections every morning and it's all logged in the computer. So we can see who's been putting in the effort and on the final day then of the passing out, that individual will be called up front and centre and the flag officer will give him or her the award for best kit. There's best shot then, so as I said, they were taught the weapon, and then when we go to Kilwart, they get their uh, TOETs on the weapon, and the best shot basically gets an award as well. Yeah. And the overall one then is best recruit, so that comes into everything. So you've got like how they were teamwork, they worked with the team, were they helping people? Just the kind of one individual that stands out overall throughout recruits. Yeah. So we have our opinions, and then we actually ask the class to write down on a piece of paper who they would, if they had the choice, who they would give best recruit to. And that's all taken into account? Yeah, but again, 99% of the time it actually matches up with us, the instructors, because we see a lot of them as well. But it's nice just to get the input from the class to see 
if that individual is helping them. And as I said, 99% of the time, it's the same name that comes up. Yeah. So that then, best recruit is a big one on the square. As I said, the family and friends are there and that individual is brought out front and centre, does the display himself and then is given best recruit award. That's fantastic. So this is a huge day for him and his family, but obviously it's a huge day for, for everybody and, and all their families. I, I remember the end of my own training and then obviously it's a meal after that and everybody's... Yeah, so again, a lot of planning day. does go into the day. So there's a mass first of all, which is nice. All the families come down to the base. There's a mass said approximately at 10 o'clock in the morning. After that, then they come up, we get them an early lunch, and then usually the passing out parade starts at approximately 1300. Goes on for the bones of an hour. Um, but as I said, it flies. Like They're so nervous that morning, they're literally shaking under the arch if I make a mistake. But again, they don't make a mistake because we've trained yeah. over and over and over again. Um, and as I said, then it's after that, then there's kind of tea and sandwiches and stuff on the base, and then they go away and do their own thing. But what tends to happen is that evening then all the class get together again with their families and they've booked somewhere and it's it's a great night like you won't forget it like you never forget your passing out i can still remember mine from 13 years ago okay so you've you've had your passing out you've completed you've completed your your induction training and, you, and your 20 weeks of training and you start life on board a ship as an ordinary race yeah so you're um you're posted to a ship basically for a two-year rotation you won't know until maybe a week beforehand what ship you're getting, so it can be any ship in the fleet. Um, so you're told you're going to, for instance, Ellie James Joyce. So what you do is you pack up your bags, you make your way down to the ship, you meet the coxswain, first person you'll meet on board, and he'll designate you your cabin on board ship. Now, there's no single berths again, you're going to be sharing with someone. Yeah. On the newer ships now, cabins are great. There's usually only two in them, or just two four berths. So again, you're told then that we have a patrol plan, so what we do is we go to sea for four weeks, so it's a month patrol, and then we come back ashore to the naval base for two weeks. So that's the way the patrols work, and you're posted to that ship then for two years. Okay, so it's a two-year two post? Two-year rotation, yeah, so you do two years ashore, and then two years afloat, and keeps going like that. Now, sometimes it can roll on. My first ship, I actually, Ellie Ashling, I ended up doing five years at sea, Whoa. just because I loved it, and I actually, rang the base and got onto my warrant officer and put in an extension yeah which a lot of young fellas seem to be doing because they just love being at sea yeah well that's great to hear. it's great do you know what i mean when we see it out on the ship that people want to stay on the ship it yeah. just shows like that it's great out there they love sea do you know they're getting on with the crew so it's as i said i did five years and then they literally said to me you have to come ashore <laughs> yeah but um, needs to have a turn. yeah so he said you have to come ashore for courses so yeah any young fellow now that's any recruits that's coming out it's your two-year rotation so monday morning you're told we're going out on a four-week patrol so you come down to the ship we leave the base again we don't know where we're going we're sent to a section or a patrol um, and depending on what division or what branch as i spoke about earlier the four different branches so just say for an ordinary seaman out here, the first four-weeker patrol that they're on, it's basically just introduction because they've never been really on a ship by sea week. Yeah. So what we do on the ship is you're given kind of a sea mommy or a sea daddy, and that person then is basically it's your... It's official term. Yeah, it is, yeah, I'm a sea mommy at the moment, uh, three yeah. of them. Yeah, so basically that person takes you under their wing if you have any problems or basically you just follow them around for the four weeks. Yeah. Um, there is a couple of tasks that you have to complete. So for the seamen, again, just that division, because it's my own division, um, they have to have a steering ticket. So basically they have to come up to the bridge and steer the ship for 10 hours before they're allowed to do it on their own. Yeah. So they're up with us every hour for the first couple of days, basically, being, and then they get tested by the XO. So it's their first kind of big thing is getting their steering ticket on board ship. Okay. 
So that should take the bones of a week, kind of, and they yeah. have it. But again, it's a, a cert that they get to say that they are okay now to steer the ship on their own. Yeah. So those kind of small things can be done within the first four weeks. It's a nice milestones for them as well to actually get. Yeah, and even kind of their first firefighting exercise at sea because they've done it ashore. But as I said, they've been trained for a week during the course. Yeah. But then they're brought on board ship and they have to be shown how to do it at sea. So again, mistakes will be making, but that will be made. Like, but that's the way. That's all part. That's all part of learning. Yeah, and again, we kind of do that. The first two months at sea, we kind of give them, you know, kind of uh, you're allowed to make the mistake. But after that, then they need to be kind of kicking in and. Yeah, so it was initially described to me as kind of an armor on the shoulder approach when they come in because it is such a, a different environment. Oh yeah, it's completely different. Like they're used to being on the base and kind of having instructors. Whereas when they come out to sea, we're still here, but again, a lot of the onus is on them. So. As I said, for the Siemens, again, we have the thing called a task book. Yeah, which I, th I thought this was extremely interesting. So. Yeah, so every division has it. But um, so basically, they've done their training, as we said. They've become a seaman. But when they come to see, they come out as ordinary rates then. And the aim is, is to get your task book done within kind of six, eight months. And then they'll become an able rate. So at the moment, they're ordinary rates. They've got one red stripe on their epaulette, on their yeah. shoulder. So we can tell that they're ordinaries. And also then, when they get their ABs, it's going to be two red stripes. And the pay increases, and it's better for them, basically. Yeah, they're, it's they're promotion properly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. their first kind of promotion from recruits. Okay. So what the task book involves is, um, this, is this is a physical book they actually have. Yeah, it's their little blue book, as we call yeah. it. So <laughs> they're all given it ashore before they come out, and you're told from your divisional. So if you're in comms, your division will call you in and say, "There's your book. Um, you've got kind of six, eight months to fill it out." So there's about, I think for the Siemens, it's roughly about 60 different tasks yeah. on everything on board ship. It's not just seamanship. It's right down to painting a deck. It's right down to being part of a boat's crew, firefighting team, um, everything's covered. So the recruit, or the ordinary, sorry, at this stage is told, this is your book and the onus is on them. I think the individual responsibility aspect of it is very interesting as well. That yeah, as I said, a leeway to say, look, we told you what you need to do, and now you need to. Go yeah, and they're it. all told like who they go to. So they come to say my division now, my three ordinary seamen's. I'd be in charge of say them. I'm their sea mommy, so they'll come to me. They'll go through stuff with me that they think they know, or if they have any questions that they need to learn about. When I'm happy with them, then I will get on to my bosun who's in charge of me, and I'll say, say Seaman Murphy there has done his knots and that in front of me. I think he's ready for testing. So the boss and then will assign him, say, two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, come to me and I'll test you. If he's happy with him, he'll sign off in that book. And that goes on then until the little blue book is full. Also, once a month then, the XO, executive officer on board ship, he or she will take that book, make sure that the individual is carrying out certain tasks or hasn't just put the book away. Because again, the sooner you get that book full, the sooner you're an AB yeah. and you can get promoted up. So again, some people, you can see it, they, they have it filled within six months and they're constantly coming to us and then others seem to leave it in the background. And again, we'd be telling them, get the book filled. Do you know what I mean? It's better for you. There's, do you know what I mean? You're going to be a step up the ladder. Yeah, of course, yeah. Rather than being at the same level for maybe a year. Do you know what I mean? And I suppose kind of going forward as well, like, I mean, if people are, if people are filling it up really quickly, you're, ident you're identifying pe people that are that have a lot of potential. Yeah, we see them, like you've got the eager people that come out and they're literally knocking on your door every evening saying, Alice, would you mind going through this with me? Or I think this is right, can you just test me on it before I go to the bosun or before I go to the chief? Yeah. So again, that's what we're looking for. We want you know, to get people 
enthusiastic. Like self-starters and kind of enthusiasm for it. Like. Yeah, and that'll follow you then throughout basically your whole career, like because the bosun's gonna have an idea on you, like he or she was constantly, she got the book filled within six months. So again, anything, if, if that person is looking for promotion or looking for any courses that come up, like there is courses that come up every week in the Navy. It could be a driving course, um, it could be diving, any interest that they have inter uh, branch transfers. So say if you were a seaman and you're interested in cooks, there's the option there that, that can come up and you can transfer from the seaman's branch to the cooks. But again, what we're looking for is that we can yeah. give a good report and saying, yeah, that young fellow was, he was great. He was up to us within six weeks and he had 10 tasks filled out. Yeah, of course. So yeah. again, it comes back to, as we said earlier, the onus is on that individual to get that book filled as quick as possible. Yeah, 100%. That, that sounds like a really kind of good system. With regard to, um, just because this, this might sound a bit, a bit facetious, but talking about going out at sea and the kind of people maybe, the way people are kind of so into their phones now as well. They go to sea, how, how, do the new, how do the new people on board ship deal with the fact that they um, no phone signal for a certain period of time? It's tough, but what we started doing in recruit training was getting them into that. So we run an exercise of where we actually take the phones for maybe 24 or 48 hours. And like some people think it's punishment, the recruits, but it's not, it's to actually get them used to going to sea. Yeah. And when they go out past 12, usually it's about 12 miles and we lose reception. So we're trying to build them up in recruits of coming away from the phones for a day or two. Yeah. So when they do go to a ship and we go out past Roach's Point and we're gone on patrol, that there is no phones. Um, it's tough. You can see some young fellas and I, again, they're kind of saying, oh, when are we going to get phone reception? But um, there is <laughs> internet. Really um, smiling at them. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you might get it for a week. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But um, as I said, there is internet on the ship. So there's two computers. It's an internet cafe that we have. Yeah. Again, you get a time slot. You can go up in the evening and you can go for 40 minutes and Facebook or ring ho or not ring home, but you can do the Facebook or messenger and things like that. Yeah. So there is that option there. And again, on board ship, there's always one of the phones anyway that you can ring home. Sat satellite phone. That's the one, sat yeah. phone. Couldn't think of the word. Um, so God forbid, if you need to make a phone call, that option is there 24 seven. And again, the ship can be contacted at any time, yeah. anywhere. So, so it's not like you're just to totally cut off. It's just the fact that there isn't reception for. Yeah, it's just that you can't be up on deck and texting away kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they get used to it. As I said, the first month kind of, you know, within after that, then they're, they're grand basically. And, and like when, when, when people are on board, obviously, and, and in order to entertain them, so like when we, when we came on board, um, the captain was telling us that an awful lot of the crew would, for example, download a load of podcasts before they leave, or like, what are the things that, that in the in downtime, because there is downtime in, in the evenings or if you're not on duty, like what, what do people do to sort of um, So again, we're all in the mess, so our junior rates mess now, there's a junior rates mess um, and there's a senior rates mess. Because for so. those of us listening, a mess is basically, if you're, if you're not of a military inclination, a mess is basically like, like a kind of a canteen, essentially. Yeah, so it's like kind of one side is for eating and then we've got like basically a big sitting room on the yeah. other side, your telly, your PlayStation. That seems to be the thing at the moment, the FIFA tournament's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's things like that, you know, we've had table quizzes, that kind of stuff. Again, there's an entertainment committee on board. Yeah. So they'd go down to the mess and say, lads, have you any interest in doing maybe a darts competition or people have hard drives, so we download all the latest movies. Yeah. Um, the captain actually recently did it. He's got all the latest movies, so he passed it on to us. And again, you'd have movie night in the mess, um, FIFA competitions. There's loads of different things. Any ideas, basically, that the, anyone comes up with, you know, that we just decide, yeah, we'll have that. 
Um, but again, in the evenings, it's more just sit down and have a cup of tea and a chat. There's always someone down there. Yeah. Be them on duty or just hanging around in the mess. So you kind of just go in and you'd make your own kind of crack and, you know, chat away to them and pass away the evening. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I suppose that's all part of the skill and all. Yeah, and again, any new fellas coming out, we, you know, what I mean, we want to chat to them as well to make them feel part. You know, because it's it is daunting. They're, they might be coming to a ship where they know nobody. Yeah. So like you're always going to say to him, or make the tea at your time. You know, how do you take the tea and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. So yeah. put them at ease. Yeah, exactly, and get them used to what kind of sea is like, and do you know what I mean, how to react and involve yourself, and do you know what I mean. Don't think you're on your own, like because there's yeah. 45 of us on board. <laughs> you're you're not an able rate on board on board a vessel, um, and in order to get to your own, so leading seaman is, is your rank. Yeah, you? that's and, mine. And in order to get to that to that rank, which is the first non-commissioned officer rank, so yep. like a kind of a junior leader rank. What, what does one need to do or how do you, how do you go for that? Um, so as we said, they're an able rate now, so that's the next step is you're looking at leading, leading hand basically or leading seaman or if it's mechs, it'll be leading mech or leading yep. com. Um, so again, it's two courses you have to do as an AB now, so you go ashore, they're professional courses, so what they're doing is they're teaching you the job of a leading hand before you go on your um, potential NCOs course. So you do that six-week course, and then you apply. You have to be in date for firefighting again, your medical, your PST, which we spoke about earlier. Once that's all done, you apply for the course, hopefully you're successful, and then you're told you're on your NCOs course. Again, this, I think, is one of the worst courses, the toughest in the Navy. I won't say worst rewarding, yes, but like... Uh, bar diving, I'd say. It is, like, yeah. it's a tough course. It's six months long. Um, and right from day one, like it takes over your life basically for six months. So again, you start that. I think my own one, we had 44 on my course. So first, it's broken into kind of three modules. Again, fitness is the first thing. Again, it's like recruit. It's actually like recruit training all, all over again, but just much more uh, robust yeah. and tougher because you're training. Next level because you're you're going to be going. You're yeah. going up to the next level. And as I said, they're teaching you. The aim of the course is to be a leader. You're going yeah. to be. Um, a leading hand so straight away you're in charge rather than recruits when you had someone telling you what to do yeah you're now the person that's going to be telling people what There's to do a lot more onus on you a lot more individual responsibility 100% and like you have to make yourself stand out basically that you are able to take charge you're confident you know your job inside out you're well able to be a leader is the whole purpose of an NCO's course yeah so as I said again it's fitness is the first day a fitness assessment um, and then you go into like module one is what we call it I think it's eight weeks long so it's um polishing up on your foot and arms drill again you're not taught it because you're trained at this stage yeah so it's again just getting rid of any small habits that might have creeped in just to go just go slightly just to say as well that you have to have a two-year sea rotation done before you you have to have done two years yeah that's, sorry that's yeah, part of the qualifying least. criteria yeah. so you have to have been on board ship for at least two years um as i said then the rest of the courses you have to be in date for yeah and then you can apply and be successful it's all in the criteria anyway for the course okay um so yeah the first module is eight weeks, and it's foot and arm drill as we went through. Um, you're and that, tested. That's really how to take a class, like as, as an auto. Yeah. So rather than recruit training, when you're out there marching, what they do is they'll say, Ellis O'Leary, or sorry, A.B. O'Leary, you're in charge today. You're out in front as the instructor. So again, it is daunting enough because you have to give the orders. You're kind of shouting out how, where you're taking them or marching them around the square. Yeah. Or if you're doing a lesson on the um, the stair, one of the weapons. Again, you're going to be teaching the lesson rather than being taught the lesson that you're kind of used to. Yeah. So um, that's six weeks long. And then the last two weeks is kind of an assessment of that. So you're, you're actually tested. So you're brought in and you're told in front of a board, 
teach me how to turn left on the square with a class of 20 men. Yeah. So again, it is that is a daunting day. Like you are kind of nervous, even though you you've been trained and you've been practicing it on and the day. You, you're the nerves kick in. Yeah, of course, you, yeah, yeah, naturally. So that's a big part of it. That's pass or fail. Um, same as your fitness test. Again, after module one, you have to pass the fitness test in order to move on to module two of an NCO's course. Module two then is it's all kind of field craft, which is we go go away from the base and we usually do it down in Kilwart Camp. So basically, it's it's kind of bringing the army side into it, something that we wouldn't kind of be used to. But again, we have to be able to take a section. If we're going overseas, like if we're farming up to overseas, we have to know that side of it. So it's not just a Navy course. Yeah, of course. Just, this is just to emphasize for people the interoperability that the Naval Service would have with, with the army and, and, and with the Air Corps as well. So this would be a, like a very army-specific type of training. Yeah, exactly. So it's all kind of section attacks. We're out on the ground again, which we wouldn't kind of be used to because we're always on the naval base. Mm. So we take we go down there for approximately a week, and again you're assessed down there. So a section attack. So your section commander out in front, yeah. and you've got your section, and you're taking them through a certain area down there, and you want to get them through safely without being attacked, basically from the enemy. Yeah. yeah. So again, as I said, it's pass or fail has to be done on completion of that then. What we do is we do kind of um, fisheries courses and what that is is training the individual so when the NCOs course is complete and you're sent back out to sea for two years, all leading hands are can become a boarding NCO. Okay. So and just, just to say, emphasis that we've talked before, all naval vessels have that ability to put a boarding party on board another vessel. Yeah. Armed if necessary. Armed, yeah, exactly. Armed if necessary. But usually it's just your day-to-day -day, um, fisheries boarding so yeah. we could come across a trawler be yeah, anywhere out between whatever how far out we are so it could be 200 miles off and a designated team from the ship will be told that ye are going over and you're going to go on board that vessel and carry out routine inspection yeah so as i said on the ncos course this is what we're taught so a lot of us have never kind of measured a net or no different types of fish and that so what we do is on my own course we were taken down um to conseil brought on board natural fishing trawler and went through everything basically of what an inspection is, how to carry it out. Uh, the local fishermen were there and they were showing us exactly what they would do when yeah. we do come on board. We were measuring nets and we were shown down below where they keep the fish, all that kind of stuff. Um, then we were brought up to the English market up in Cork City and we were shown the different types of fish. So when you go over to a ship you can identify what catches on board, what they're fishing for. Yeah, if they're fishing for what they're supposed to be fishing for. Yeah, exactly. And then you can report back to the ship that this is the amount they have on board to make sure that everything is complying with what it should be. Okay. So that was an interesting week. Again, as I said, I didn't have a clue of measuring nets or what fish is what. Yeah. So again, that was a week on that. Um, other things we do then on the NCOs course is you also do um, a first aid responders course. Yeah. So everyone is qualified then as a first aid responder. So it's a week and you get an outside certificate for this. So it's not just for the Navy or the Defence Forces. You can actually bring it out with you if you are taking it outside and you're certified in that. So that's another week long course and another assessment at the end of it, which again is your pass or fail. Yeah. And then the end of module two is finally your fitness assessment again. So again, you have to pass that in order to move on to module three of your NCOs course. Right. Um, the thing about module two, it's the toughest module there because it's a lot of, as I said, field work. Yeah. So there's a lot of route marches where you're wearing all the gear. You could be going out for a 10-mile route march. 
you know, the weather's roasting hot. And but again, it's building you up for when we are down there for the week. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't just be expected to start cold. And and like we would have all experienced that. Like I would experience that in my own training that they do have to build you up to, to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, because it's a week on the ground is what we call it. Like you're out there, you're, you could be going from seven o'clock in the morning till midnight. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, you're coming back for your breaks and your dinner and that. But it but it is a tough week. Yeah. So as soon as module two starts, you know it's going to be a tough one. So you're just looking to get through module two, get your fitness assessment done, and then you're moving on to module three. Okay, module three then is, is kind of getting close to the end. So everyone's kind of saying, like, we've done the worst of it now, um, just the next couple of weeks. And that's bringing back into, um, it's a lot of kind of PowerPoints and that on leadership. Yeah. Um, and just saying what your job is going to be, like how to deal with... 10 people that are, are on you and you're in charge of them. Yeah. Um, different scenarios of if this happened, if that happened, how would you deal with it? So they're kind of just making sure that you can be a leader, basically. And uh, they give you scenarios that um, anything could happen on board ship. A young fella could come to you. He's not feeling it. He doesn't want to be in the Navy. How would you react to that? What would you tell him? Yeah. You know, all those kind of things. And again, this is all assessed. And you're kind of, you're graded then on, yeah, you should be an NCO or, do you know what I mean? You need to improve on this, you need to improve on that. And they tell you all that, do you know what I mean? So they might say, you could be a bit more confident or things like that. So they go through everything with you. Yes, that's like your leadership theory training. So yeah, so, and then basically, then we've got another passing out. So again, it's like recruits, but this is, this is kind of your last passing out that you're going to have. In your, in your career. In your it's, career, it's the last yeah. big ceremony, really. Like yeah, and again, it's, it's a great day, do you know what I mean? It's just like you're a recruit all over again. Yeah. Uh, your friends and family come down. There's um there's awards given again for uh best potential NCO, best kit and best shot of thing. Um and it's a great day on the base. So again what we do is we spend about three weeks practicing for that, get a drill again, just like our recruit training one. Um and then the morning after passing out, everyone's hyper and we've yeah. just completed six <laughs> months. Everyone's relieved that it's all over. And go out onto the square, do our, our drill, um and then have time with your family and friends and then hopefully get a week off to recover after <laughs> six months but um but yeah that's as i said it's a day that i'll never forget again between that now and my recruit passing out it's two days that will stand out throughout your whole career yeah, two really big milestones in the career, and even yeah. the people that you did those courses with you have a bond with them like i still know everyone that was on my ncos course i'm still in contact with all of them because you spent six months of hell do you know what i mean yeah, kind of yeah. together and you've been through things and You've been tired and yeah. you've had a great day in Kilroach. You, you really bond over that. 100%. Like, and yeah. even like we'd go back and we'd talk about, do you remember that day on the NCOs course? There's things that just stand out and, and the passing out, again, that stands out. Do you know what I mean? Do you remember out yeah. in the square and, you know, your family and that friends? That feeling of achievement, yeah. Yeah, that was the biggest thing that like, what, do you know what I mean? Well done. We all did it. And even though, do you know what I mean? At times you were thinking of saying, I can't do this, but do you know what I mean? We yeah, all. Persevered, yeah. Yeah, and then after that, then you get your leading hand stripes. So basically, you go from red stripes, and now we've got yellow stripes, and that's it. Then you are a leading hand in the yeah. naval service. And with all the responsibilities that. that yeah, everything that comes with it. As I said, you're kind of you've stepped up now from AB, and people are coming to you for advice on, you know, different things. Or you're a leader basically after you've done that course. Yeah. Well, well I mean, I mean that all sounds like an amazing goal to aim to aim towards in one's career it is and as i said there's nothing stopping anyone doing it once you get you start from your task book work your way up get your ab's do your professional courses and make sure you're in date for your fitness everything like that and then get yourself on an nco's course put in the work for the six months 
and then and then you've got it. Ah, so thanks so much for that, Katie. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, it, was, it was great to have you on. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. And as I said, I hope um, people learned something from what I was saying, or do you know what I mean? If they've an interest in it, that I helped them somehow along the way. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so, if, and if anyone out there is interested in more information on joining the Naval Service, uh, please visit the Careers tab on military.ie. Uh, for our listeners, please keep an eye on Defence Forces social media platforms and military.ie for further content on the Defence Forces. And for our serving members, please check out the members area of military.ie. Today's programme was produced by Gunnar Porrick Sullivan and Sergeant Paul Keeley of the Defence Forces Audiovisual School. And to everyone out there, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back for another episode soon. Stay safe.